You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 20, verses 9 to 18, and I'm calling this message, Don't Kill the Messenger, and you'll see why in just a moment. But before we take a look at that, just a couple quick things I wanted to share with you. First of all, if you haven't had the opportunity to stop by our website, which is DesireJesus.com, I want to encourage you to stop by there because we have Desire Jesus Volume 6 free to download right now. It's uh, the latest edition in my 30-day devotional series, and if you'd like a free copy, just head over to DesireJesus.com. You'll see the link to download the free copy right from the front page of the website. One other thing I wanted to mention to you, I don't know if you listen to our sister podcast, which is the Chapter a Day Audio Bible, but if you've never checked it out, we'd invite you to take a listen to that podcast as well. And if you're interested in becoming a day sponsor of the program, and what that means is uh, day sponsors basically send us a message that they'd like read in that day's episode of the podcast, maybe an anniversary greeting or a birthday greeting or something related to a ministry or a business that you operate that you'd like shared on the podcast, and uh, then we share that at the start of the podcast, and people that participate in that program have the opportunity as well to help us with our hosting and our production costs. To find out more information about that, head over to our website, desirejesus.com slash daysponsor. Now, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, today we're looking at Luke chapter 20, verses 9 through 18, and I'm going to read that passage to us as we get underway. This is what it says, starting with Luke chapter 20, verse 9. And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and let it out to tenants and went into another country for a long while. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants, so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent another servant, but they also beat and treated him shamefully, and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third. This one also they wounded and cast out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Let us kill him, so that the inheritance may be ours. And they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, Surely not. But he looked directly at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture today, we pray that we would be able to understand it as you give us wisdom and clarity to be able to understand this teaching. Lord, we pray that you'd encourage our hearts, help us to be men and women who listen to your voice, help us to be people who put you first in all areas of our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to look at your word now. We pray this all in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Several months ago, a good friend sent me a message that was meant to be helpful. He offered me an unsolicited suggestion related to a hobby of mine that I wasn't really looking for outside input on necessarily. So I I politely thanked him, but then also felt a little annoyed, if I'm being completely honest, felt a little bit annoyed with his suggestion. And a few hours later, after I had time to digest his message and research his suggestion, I realized he was right. So I sent him a second message with a more genuine thank you than the first. Why is it so difficult for us to receive outside help and recommendations? Could it be that once we make up our mind about something, we find the task of remaining teachable too tiresome? Or could it be that we sometimes idolize our own opinions and preferences? Could it be that we've developed a hardened heart? What do we do when we receive instruction or opinion or correction from somebody else? Do we hear the messenger or do we kill the messenger? And what does Scripture teach about this kind of dilemma? Well, we just saw that kind of dilemma illustrated in the passage we just read from Luke chapter 20. And it's a parable that Jesus shared with those that were in his presence. And there's a few principles that I think that we can gain from looking at this parable. And the first is this, and we find it in verse 9, but it's the idea of don't worship something you're only borrowing. Look again at verse 9 of Luke chapter 20. It says this, And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, and let it out to tenants, and went into another country for a long while. Now let's pause there. During the course of his earthly ministry, Jesus often spoke in parables. Now, a parable is a brief story that's meant to illustrate a deeper spiritual reality. And Jesus spoke this way in order to help us understand deeper concepts by comparing them to circumstances we might already find familiar. He also spoke this way in order to conceal information from those who opposed him while sharing truth with those who trusted in him. That gets explained in a little bit more detail in Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 down to verse 12. Uh, Let me read that for us. It says this, His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. So that's what Jesus shared about one of his purposes in using parables when he taught. And the parable that Jesus shared in this particular passage from Luke 20 is sometimes referred to as the parable of the wicked tenants. I've also seen it referred to as the parable of the vineyard. And it begins by speaking of a man who had planted a vineyard. And once that vineyard was planted, it was rented out to tenant farmers who would care for it and give a share of the produce with the landowner in return. People sometimes debate the interpretation of parables, but the context of this passage helps us understand what Jesus was getting at. The landowner he's referring to here is God. The vineyard is the nation of Israel. The tenant farmers were the religious leaders. 
Now, in the coming verses, Jesus will also speak of the landowner's servants, which is a reference to the prophets, the landowner's son, which is a reference to Jesus himself, and other tenants, which are the Gentiles. The problem that's about to be illustrated in this parable is a problem of unbelief that bears itself out in covetousness and idolatry. The religious leaders who had been called to care for the spiritual well-being of the people had instead displayed a profound disbelief and a desire to own and control something that never belonged to them in the first place. Now, even though it's early in this parable, there's a good lesson for us here. Everything we have is borrowed. Our time, treasures, and even the people that have been graciously placed in our lives are borrowed. What we often call our own actually belongs to God. The things we have on earth are only ours to use, steward, enjoy, and appreciate for a very short season of time. We haven't been called to selfishly covet or worship something we're only borrowing. Rather, we're called to find contentment in a permanent relationship with Christ. So right away, as we look at this parable, as we begin, I think one of the things that's illustrated here and is about to be explained further is this idea of don't worship something you're only borrowing. But the parable goes on in verses 10 down to verse 12, and it it gives us this picture that I think can be summarized in one way like this, to listen early in the conversation. Look at verse 10 down to verse 12. It says, when the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent another servant, but they also beat and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third. This one also they wounded and cast out. For almost two years, I have been involved in a project to record the entire Bible and share it freely in podcast form throughout the world. People listen to it every day in places I'll probably never set foot. And when I started the project, I started recording the book of Genesis. And currently, I'm still working my way through the books of the Old Testament. I'm almost finished with the book of Proverbs. And even though I have read these scriptures multiple times in my life, The process of reading, recording, editing, and previewing these scriptures each day has been helping me to learn and notice new things that didn't catch my attention before. And one of the amazing themes that we see in scripture when we read through the passages of God's Word is just how much the Lord cares for his people. He could have left humanity to fend for ourselves after we had rebelled against him, but he has never been content to allow us to wander in darkness. So time after time, he makes the effort to reveal the truth about himself to us. And one of the most notable ways that stands out when you're reading through the Old Testament is how many prophets the Lord sent to the people of Israel to help them understand truth, repent of their sin, and walk in the freedom that comes when you trust in the Lord. But what did Israel do to many of these prophets? Were they well-received or were they rejected? Were they embraced or were they executed? Well, Isaiah was sawn in half. Amos was tortured, then executed. Micah was killed. 
Habakkuk was stoned. Jeremiah was stoned. Ezekiel was slain, etc., etc. And in this passage that we're looking at today from Luke 20, Jesus said that this was typically how the servants of the landowner were treated when they brought the landowner's message. Instead of receiving the message with gladness, they ignored what was being said. Instead of living with a soft, teachable spirit, the tenant farmers were rejecting the very truth that could save their lives. Ironically, when you read through the Old Testament prophets, you begin to see just how frequently they spoke of Jesus who was to come. They revealed that he was the one who would rescue and redeem lost humanity. They spoke of his birth. They spoke of his death. They spoke of his eventual reign on this earth. And they shared details about when and where he would be born. And you would assume the religious leaders would have been adept at understanding that those prophecies were being fulfilled right in front of them. But instead of embracing Jesus, they rejected him. There's a line in a song by the band U2, and uh, the song's called Every Breaking Wave. And I found the particular line that I'm about to quote instructive, and I think it also applies here. And in that song, it says this, It's hard to listen while you preach. It's hard to listen while you preach. I think that's a useful word of caution that speaks to the struggle Jesus illustrated in this passage, as well as the struggle we're all wrestling with to some extent. It's easier to talk than it is to listen. It's easier to express what we already think than it is to be taught. Because of their hard, unbelieving hearts. This group of leaders were rejecting the teaching of the prophets, and they were rejecting the teaching of Christ himself. How readily do we listen to Christ's voice? Is Christ invited to speak into our lives? It's clear that the religious leaders weren't listening to him. But are we people who are willing to listen? Are we willing to listen early in the conversation? Or does it take us a long time to catch on to that concept? Something else that this parable illustrates that I think is worth noting is this. In verses 13 down to the first part of verse 15, it gives us this concept of dreaming beyond an earthly inheritance. That that our minds, that our hearts should dream beyond an earthly inheritance. Look at what it says starting in verse 13. It says, Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Let us kill him, so that the inheritance may be ours. And they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. The prophets were sent to Israel one at a time, but effectively their teaching was rejected. And then, just as promised, Jesus came. Now his teaching and presence was being rejected as well. Why does this happen? From our perspective, it probably seems crazy that this group of people who had been given so much information and so much divine help would reject the very one that all of the prophets and all of the scriptures were pointing to. But there's a common reason this happens. Most people on this earth struggle to dream beyond an earthly inheritance. 
We get stuck in a spot where our greatest dreams, sources of hope, and deepest joys are all centered around earthly things. We aren't thinking beyond the few brief decades we've been entrusted here. If your faith is in Christ, you've been promised a permanent inheritance in His kingdom that isn't subject to the limitations of earthly treasures. It doesn't spoil. It doesn't fade. It is reserved for you by the Lord. I like what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 19, down to verse 21. He says it this way, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's a poignant statement. The desires of your heart will be where you consider your greatest treasures to be located. Christ invites us to dream beyond a temporary, earthly inheritance. And there's something else that is brought up in the parable that Jesus shared, and I want to finish up with that today. And it's found in the second half of verse 15 down to verse 18. But basically, he answers the question, what happens to those who reject the Son? He says it this way, What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, Surely not. But he looked directly at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. So as this parable comes to an end, Jesus foretells what will happen to those who, like the religious leaders of that era, reject Jesus Christ. In the short term, Jesus made it clear that the unique relationship the nation of Israel enjoyed with God was now going to be extended to the Gentiles. When Christ shed his blood on the cross, he did so to atone for our sin and inaugurate the new covenant. Under his new covenant, all who trust in him, whether Jew or Gentile, are united into one body called the church. We become family with one another and family with Christ himself. Those who reject Christ, however, have nothing good to look forward to. They reject his fellowship now. They reject his offer of forgiveness. They reject his gift of everlasting life. And as they have chosen, they will experience what Scripture refers to as eternal death and conscious suffering for all time. What are we doing with Jesus? Do we welcome his presence in our lives and accept the gifts he offers to those who trust in him? Or do we reject the message of his gospel and reject the pleading of those who selflessly point to him? That's a question that this parable forces us to wrestle with. What are we doing with Jesus Christ? Have we accepted him or do we reject him? Christ's invitation to us is that we would accept him.
and that we would live content in his presence for all eternity. Let's pray and thank him for that. Lord Jesus, we thank you again for the privilege to be able to look at your word. We're grateful for the things that you have communicated in this passage, and we're grateful, Lord, for the privilege to recognize that you have tugged at our hearts, that you have drawn us unto yourself, that you have invited us to be men and women who know you, love you, and follow you. And Lord, we pray that we wouldn't effectively kill the messenger, but that we would welcome your teaching, that we would welcome your words, that we would welcome your presence, and that those who point us to you would be people that we would listen to, that when we read your word, that we would listen to the counsel of your word, and that we would implement all that you've communicated to us through your word, through the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit, and through the voices of those who know you, love you, and serve you, that we would apply those truths to our day-to-day lives, that we would live these things out, and that we would glorify your name in the process. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the fact that through faith in you, we have the privilege to experience eternal life, that we will live in your presence forever, and that you have reserved for us an inheritance that can't be ruined, it can't be destroyed, it can't spoil, it can't fade, can't be taken away by robbers. It's there, reserved for us by you, and we're grateful, Lord, for that gift that you've promised. Thank you again, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your presence with us today. We commit this day to your care, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode of the Informal Bible Study. Be sure to check our past episodes that are listed in our podcast. We've got over 35 different episodes uh, from the past few months, and we'd be happy for you to check them all out. We also want to invite you to stop by our website. There's several things that you'll notice when you visit the website. You'll be able to download a free digital copy of my latest 30-day devotional, Desire Jesus, Volume 6. I also have a bunch of other books available in our bookstore, and you'll be able to read information about what it means to become a day sponsor of the Chapter a Day Audio Bible. So you can find all of that at DesireJesus.com. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and we look forward to catching up with you again right here next Monday. Take care. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.